Well, we're glad that you're with us this morning on Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for making us part of your plans. We're going to do something a little different. We have an opportunity on a holiday weekend to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. And so worship is going to be interspersed through the message. We're going to actually preach a point, then do a song. Preach a point, do a song. Preach a point, then do a song. Three, three points, three songs, and then we'll be on with it. So uh, we welcome all of you here, especially if you're visiting with us. Uh, If it is your first time here at Oakwood today, we want to let you know that we have a gift, a visitor's gift uh, for first-time visitors, and it is at that welcome booth. If you didn't receive it, make sure you stop by that booth and get one before you leave today. It's a bag. It has Oakwood on it. It's got an Oakwood mug inside with some candy, our way of thanking you for being with us on this holiday weekend. So thank you for coming. A couple of things we want to point out so that you're ready for. Next Sunday is annual celebration Sunday. It's a big party, but we're going to have a normal 10 o'clock service. So 10 o'clock, just like today, uh, we come in, we have our service with worship and the preaching, and then we're going to introduce to you our new members. We have several people coming into membership. We'll introduce them, then we'll head outside, but don't get all excited. Not time to eat yet. First thing we're going to do when we get outside is we're going to gather around a tank and we're going to have an outdoor baptism for several people. Amen. That's excited. I love when people get excited about that. Got some people getting baptized. We'll do that outside. And then as soon as we're done with the baptism service, then we'll go through line and we'll eat. There's all sorts of fun things to do uh, next Sunday. Lots of things to get involved in. So not only plan on coming, stay for lunch. Uh, Make sure you stay for the baptism, the food, and then the fun stuff that we can do together. It's, again, a rare opportunity here at Oakwood that we take some time, carve some time out so we can just spend time with each other. That's what I love about the annual celebration. Don't forget, we're taking that one-time love offering next Sunday. The love offering is going to be for the sign. Again, we had that wonderful gift of $10,000 to get us started. Uh, But as we dig into the sign, Brian Michaels and I have been working on it and looking at it. Uh, Looks like the rock thing is crumbling and leaning. That's why I brought uh, Brian Michaels out there. I'm like, what do you think? Not good, right? So we either got to make that work or maybe build some new ones, but we're excited about the new sign, and so that, that's taking progress. But anything you give next week in a love offering goes toward that project. We're not charging for lunch. That's on us, so come and enjoy that weekend with us. I also want to mention, Rusty, next Sunday we're going to see the fruits of the Guitars for God class. We had like 15 people learning how to play guitar over the last six, eight weeks. And next Sunday, they're going to come up here and they're going to play along. And PD's going to lead them in a song that we're going to try to sing. And we're going to try to get them all to change chords at the same time. So uh, come on next Sunday and encourage those new guitar players as we get a chance to hear from them. Excited about that. So if you were part of that class, Rusty wants to meet with you at 9.30 next Sunday. 9.30 next Sunday here with your guitars tuned, ready to go. All right. Uh, Let me think. Did I get everything, Margaret? Did I say stuff? I did. I said lots of stuff. Let's pray, and then we're going to watch a video uh, for this Memorial Day in honor of those who lost their lives serving our country. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you every Sunday we can get up and, and, and suck air for free and live life. And God, that freedom we know that we enjoy in this country did not come cheap. It's on the backs of major sacrifice. So we pause this weekend to remember those who lost their lives, who gave the greatest sacrifice. 
God, we thank you for that, that love that they share, that selfless, willing sacrifice for the good of another person, even if they don't deserve it, not expecting anything in return. God, we, we praise you for that kind of a sacrifice. God, it helps us to look inward as well to be people who always remember. May we be people that remember you, the gift of your son, and what you've done to save us. We're thankful for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. To remember is a good thing. We're reminded of that this weekend. Be people that remember, that don't just forget sacrifices made. Remembering is huge. I took some time this week. I got to go to Baltimore to watch my daughter graduate from Johns Hopkins with her master's degree. That was exciting. Only to find out she got engaged right before we got there. And so we had a double celebration. We've got a wedding coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember the last wedding we're finishing paying for. So we're, we're getting ready for another wedding in the Jackson household. It's good to remember those kind of things. It's good to remember people. Julie and I were kind of aghast that we went to a graduation ceremony and they asked people in the program and from the stage to stay for the entire graduation for everybody to walk across but they didn't. Nobody listened. You know, their, their student graduates and they're up and they're walking around, they're talking. And by the time we get to the end, nobody, nobody's paying attention to the graduation whatsoever. I'm like, man, come on now. These people earned this. You know, sit and do what you're supposed to do. And it made me think about this weekend. I went through my, um, went through my, what are we doing here? I don't understand. I'm trying to get to my PowerPoint. There we go. Um, Memorial Day, remember, it made me go through my uh, pictures on my phone while I was traveling and thinking about the places I've been that you're, you have to stop and just remember. That's obviously a national cemetery. I don't know if you've been downtown New York, but the 9-11 memorial, 
Uh, it's quite a sight to go and see there, to be on that spot. And that's a solemn place. Quite often when we go to locations, it helps us to get into that mode of thinking about memoring, remembering. 9-11's like that. Uh, the USS Arizona out in Honolulu, Hawaii. I got to sing there with a group from college, uh, some patriotic songs. And again, you get there, you get off the boat and you stand there and it's a, just a place of awe. There's, there's nobody laughing or running around. It's, it's a place to remember. And then of course this one, you know, you got to remember the Alamo, right? Been down there and, and been there and walked through that. Probably one of the most solemn places I've been was, this is Sachsenhausen in uh, Orienburg, Germany, um, a concentration camp. And to walk through that so that we don't forget. You know, remembering is important, but it's so that you don't forget what took place, either good or bad, right? You remember, you memorialize. That's why this morning I thought we would take just a moment on this Memorial Day weekend and not only thank those who served and died for us, but to remember all those locations and places that we go to. I remember going to Columbine the year after the shooting, the, one of the first major shooting, school shootings in our country, took a team there and to stand on the grounds where this awful thing took place. We were driving home from the East Coast this week and uh, Julie wanted to go to, what's that place called, Shanksville, uh, where the plane went down at 9-11 into the field and it was too far off the road. We didn't take that turn. But there's all sorts of places you can go and things to do to remember certain moments. And I wanted us as a church to remember that we have a reminder stone. Anybody remember the reminder stone? Uh, you all walked right by it today. Uh, I'm going to share with you a picture of it in a little bit. And as you leave today, as you walk out the doors into the beautiful sunshine, look down into your right. It's Oakwood's reminder stone so that we will never forget and will always declare Joshua 4, 1 through 7. Let me pray and then I want to read that for you. Let's pray together. And if you'd say this prayer, just say, God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, we pray that you would be glorified and we pray that everyone hearing this would be edified and that Satan would be horrified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Old Testament, they were good at, probably because they were told to remember and given ways by God to remind themselves of what God had done. So in Joshua 4, 1 through 7, we read this. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones will be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. 
In the Old Testament, they had ways to remember events. And piling up stones became a huge thing for the Israelites. Jewish people to this day still pile up stones. I remember we were in Sachsenhausen in Orienburg, Germany, at the concentration camp, and, and all over the place there were stacks of stones. You see those a lot today. You'll go to beaches and you'll see stacks of stones. I don't know if everybody knows. Uh, they just saw that and thought it was cool maybe, but, but to the Jewish people, they pile up stones as a memorial to remember. God wants His people to remember His mighty acts on their behalf. Don't forget. Don't forget. And then later, we have a passage in Joshua 24, 14 through 27. And this takes it a step further to the reminder stone. This is the reason we have a reminder stone at Oakwood. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness, Joshua says. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God Himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because He is our God. Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, He will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after He has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. I'll continue in a second. I love what Joshua does here. A little bit of reverse psychology. I don't know if it was called that back then. But Joshua said, choose you this day who you will serve. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And the people said, we'll serve the Lord too. We, we won't serve other gods. We'll serve the Lord. And they made a vow. And I love what Joshua does. He comes back and says, no. Nah. Eh. No, you won't. You, you don't want to make that kind of a covenant before God because if you break it, that's some heavy stuff. I had a... For years I traveled and spoke at camps and I would have teens sign pledges and different things and different ways to help them remember something that took place in their lives. At Barakel one year I grabbed a stone, big stone, this big, and uh, at the end of the week I had each kid who wanted to answer this question, who will you serve, will you serve the Lord? If they wanted to do that, they came up with a sharpie and they, they wrote it on the rock. And I remember giving the first invitation and, and everybody came. And like nobody stayed in their seats. Everybody came to sign the rock. And I said, nah. It's funny because I, I wasn't even trying to do that, but I kind of became a Joshua for them. I, I said, go sit down. Go sit down. You, you're t it's too easy. <laughs> I don't want you to come sign this rock if it isn't something that you're serious about. And I gave them that whole speech and I said, don't do this because if you do this, 
That's going to be a reminder. Your name on this stone will be a reminder for all time that you made this commitment before God. And I, I gave the invitation again, and they all came up to sign the rock. And they did. They all signed it. And then we put it outside the chapel at Barakel. The next year, I was excited. You know, I came back, went through the winter. I did winter camp, but it was covered in snow. Came back in the summer and excited to see the rock. And I went to the rock, and guess what? All the names were gone. Michigan winter with the freezing and the sun, that permanent marker on stone didn't do so good. It just faded away. And I thought to myself, Lord, are you telling me something? Are you telling me don't do this if you're not serious about it? I wonder how many of those kids' names were washed off because what washed off after that week didn't last. I don't know. I don't know the answer for those things. But as your pastor at Oakwood, I do want us to remember, remember. Let's continue in the story and see what Joshua does here. Verse 22 of Joshua 24. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen to serve the Lord? Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Boy, they're really getting into it, aren't they? They're making a lot of promises. They are, they are promising stuff that they probably aren't going to keep. We know that they didn't. We know that many of them fell away. But boy, they sure don't want Joshua telling them they can't. We will serve the Lord. Verse 25, on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words that the Lord has said to us, and it will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Thus, a reminder stone. Setting up a stone to remind you. So I found a large stone, and I put it right at the front entrance of our church years ago. Here's the stone. Now, it bothered me that I took this picture before I went to Baltimore, so I came last night and I power washed it, so it looks really good today. I, I just didn't get a new picture of it. It, it. it had bird poop on it, and I'm like, well, that's not a really happy reminder stone. So I power washed it last night. It looks really pretty this morning, but it hasn't changed. It still says, Oakwood Community Church, the reminder stone, Joshua 24, 25 to 27. And we put that up on May 2017, years ago. I wanted you to remember as you came to church, as you're walking down the sidewalk, the stone's in front of you. And then I wanted to be a reminder when you left church, that stone's there. Now, I don't know if that stone can hear what's happening in here, but I do know that God hears what happens in here, and He hears what happens in your heart. And those things that happen in your life are meant to be remembered. That reminder stone stands opposed to you if you hear God's word and say to him, God, this is how I'll live, and then you leave, and you don't live that way. Every time you come back, that should be a reminder of, I made a promise. Every time you leave this building and you see the reminder stone, you should say, I remember. That reminds me of promises I've made. 
So Oakwood has a reminder stone, just like they had in the Old Testament. So this morning, I just wanted to do three quick things. Remember, everybody say remember. Remember Remember what God has accomplished. Remember what God has accomplished. Three quick passages I want to read here. Psalm 66, 5 through 6. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in Him. Throughout the Old Testament, God wanted His people to remember the things that He did, the things that He accomplished on their behalf. Battles won. Impossible odds stacked against them. And He parts seas so that they can walk through on dry land. God wants His children to remember. Why is it important to remember Because if He did it then, He can do it now. Amen? Amen. If He did it then, He can do it now. Some of you have headed into deep waters. And you need to be reminded that God is still the same God who can move waters and part seas. God wants us to remember these things. Psalm 77, 11, it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Like the psalmist, we as believers ought to go back and remember what the Lord has done in the past. The mighty miracles all throughout Scripture. They're there not to waste time, but they're there to give you faith. Strengthen your faith. That God is who He says He is, and He can accomplish what He sets out to accomplish. The third verse is Psalm 126.3. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Do you remember what God has accomplished? Do you remember His mighty deeds from long ago? This morning, on a, a great opportunity to come to Memorial Day weekend, and remember service that was done on our behalf and sacrifices that were made, it's a great time for us to be people that are reminded of what God has accomplished. Let's sing a song just about that. separate your steadfast love who can escape your faithfulness an endless sea so full of grace and mercy we sing God is so
dancing like the sun. The old is gone, the new has come. I fix my eyes on Christ alone. I rock my shield, my cornerstone. We sing God is so. Today you can take some time to remember the good things that God has done, the good things He's accomplished. It can be for you personally, it can be for your family, it can simply be looking back and remembering what He's done for His people, promises He made. Sorry about that. Am I on now? All right. Remembering. Everybody say remember. remember. We must remember what God has accomplished. Secondly, we must remember what Jesus has achieved. Everyone say achieved. achieved. What has Jesus achieved? Well, God sent His Son to be the only hope, the only answer for our needs. We're born with a sin problem. Every 
human is born with a sin problem. That sin problem has to be answered and there's only one solution and that's the sacrifice of Jesus. You can't make up for your sinfulness on your own. You can't uh, reverse the, the effects of that sinfulness. Something had to be achieved on your behalf because we can't achieve it on our own. So what did Jesus achieve? There's some scriptures that talks about that. Isaiah 53, 4-6 Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. It was an Old Testament prophecy before Jesus came that He would come and He would be the sacrifice for us. What has Jesus achieved? He's achieved our salvation through His death on the cross, burial into the tomb, and His resurrection. Jesus has achieved power over death and power over sin. John 3.16 Can we say it together? Do you know it by heart? For God so loved... We'll try it again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It might be hard to quote it with me, because I'm an old Awana kid, learned everything in King James. I popped from NIV to King James back and forth. So who said I wasn't bilingual? I can do both. John 3.16. It's the greatest verse. It explains what God accomplished and what Jesus achieved, both in one verse there. And then there's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, We were by nature deserving of wrath. But, everybody say but. But. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in transgressions. It's by His grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We must remember what God accomplished. We must remember what Jesus has achieved. It's not a communion Sunday, but on a communion Sunday we take time to pause to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. You know, Memorial Day in America is great, and we need to do that. 
But as Christians, the Bible says, do this as often as you drink this juice and eat this bread. You do show the Lord's death until he comes. Go ahead and stand with us as we get ready to sing about this wonderful sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf.
precious you have saved my life brought me from the darkness to glorious Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. It's what God has accomplished. It's what Jesus has achieved. And lastly, it's what we have accepted. Today, we're like those ancients who Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And it's easy in church, I guess it's easy when Israel's all gathered at the spot of a miracle of God and Joshua says, choose you this day. It would be easy for us today to say, we will serve the Lord. It's easy here. It's easy now. It's easy when we're singing songs about what God has accomplished and what Jesus has achieved. And we can kind of get worked up into yeah, we're in. We're all in. Until we leave. <laughs> I imagine each Israelite left a ceremony like this and went to their tents or wherever they spent their days. And then the real work started. <laughs> we will serve the Lord at home. We'll serve the Lord in our house. We will serve the Lord on our way to work. We will serve the Lord with everything we've got. We need to be reminded today of what we've accepted. Number one, reminder of personal experience. You know, each one of you has your own journey. I love, as the pastor of Oakwood, the opportunity I have to hear people's testimonies. Uh, it's humbling and it's, it's thrilling Because God is still at work accomplishing things. You believe that, right? I mean, God is still at work accomplishing things. And and I get to hear miracles He does in people's lives. Next week, we're going to have some baptisms, some people coming into membership. And and I wish you could all sit there in my office and and look at the couch and, and see that individual telling me it was... It was on a radio station in Canada... I'm in Canada and I hear this radio preacher telling about Jesus and he gives this whole message and and then he says at the end, who needs this? And I'm all by myself listening to a radio and I say, it's me. It's not my story. This is a lady who sat on my couch this past week and told me her story. Saved from hearing a preacher on the radio and responded to it. And my favorite is is a guy you're going to meet next week who worked with a Christian. And the Christian was not afraid to talk about his faith. And this guy wanted nothing to do with it. He's living his life. You know, he's, he's grown a dull man. 
lived most of his life without God. He doesn't want to hear it. He, but then all of a sudden he, he sees a thing on Facebook and it's a, one of those video reels, right? And it's about, he said it was about Satan and Jesus. And uh, he said, I watched the whole thing. And at the end I'm like, ah, what's that all about? But he couldn't get it out of his mind. Then it popped up on his reels again, so he watched it again. Started telling everybody to watch this thing, and he couldn't. So he goes to his friend at work, and he says, what's going on? I've deleted this from my reels, and it keeps popping up. And the Christian said, God's coming after you. <laughs> He's doing something. He's doing something. The guy just couldn't shake it, so he goes to his friend, what do I need to do? What do I do? And they both, they work at a place. They make decent money. I love what the Christian friend says. Christian friend says, hey, you need to go buy yourself a Bible. Most of those Christians were like, I want to buy you a Bible. The guy had money. Tell him to go buy his own Bible. Take your own steps, right? I, love, I, love, I don't know, I got to meet this Christian someday. I really like this guy. You need to go buy yourself a Bible. So he did. Started reading it. Bought one for his wife. Bought one for his kids. Couldn't shake it. Goes to his friend. What do I, what, what, what's happening? What, what's going on? And he looked me in the face in my office and said, Pastor, I walked into my office one day, and by the time I walked out, I was a new person. He said, it's hard for me to explain to you. Have you ever heard of this before? I'm like, yeah. yeah. His friend told him, you need to ask Christ to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. And before he left that day, he did. He said, then strange things started happening. Pastor, I just couldn't swear like I used to swear. Every time it would come out of my mouth, I thought, that's not right. Something changed in me. And then I'd go home and watch TV, and all of a sudden I'm watching something. I go, I can't watch this. He, and he's trying to explain to me, you know. He's, so as if this is strange, I'm like, man, this is the Holy Spirit. You received the Holy Spirit, and he's doing a work in you. Went to his friend, what do I do next? You've got to go to church. Find yourself a church that preaches the Bible. So he thought about it thought about it for a while where do I go and he said you know what there's a church in town here where we had a baby shower uh, my daughter-in-law's son had a baby and so I, I'll go check that church out so he checked out Oakwood online watched a message liked it so much he went back and watched a couple more decided to come he can only come here one Sunday a month because of his work schedule works midnights he showed up and started coming here. He loves it. So the first day I came, Pastor, you're up there on the guitar singing, and I love the music, and I love the preaching. I'm so excited I found my place. I'm so excited I called my son and my daughter-in-law said, you got to meet me. I'll pay for lunch if you'll show up and meet me at the church. We had the baby shower. And so he's excited. He's sitting in the back row, and he's waiting, and they won't come. They don't show. They don't show. And he finally texts him, where are you? They're like, we're here. Where are you? Turns out Oakwood wasn't where the baby shower was. <laughs> And I sat there the whole time I'm hearing this story thinking, how good is God? Oakwood, we didn't earn any one of those steps. God was doing something. And God sent him here by mistake on purpose where he found us. And he's going to become a new Oakwoodite next week. Our saved brother because of what God does. Those of you who are at my Experiencing God series, 13 weeks of the Holy Spirit in our lives, talking about how He leads and He directs and He does things. See, God is at work. 
And we get to join him. Boy, don't ever think that we're amazing, please. Don't ever think that we're something. It's humbling. I went home and told Julia, I mean, we did nothing in that story, but it was such a good story. God does something. I just want to be a part of it. So those are the things that we're reminded of. Personal experience. You each have your own journey. Somehow, each of you in this room, either you've come to that point where you've accepted it by faith or you're still on that journey and you're wondering what's next. But we each have a personal experience with God. That's what we've accepted. And then we're reminded of the vows. See, at some point we make vows to God. God, I'll do this, or God, I won't do this, or God, you know, I'll give you all of me, right? I mean, again, sometimes we sing songs that make us out to liars, right? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Really? can't sing a song like that and walk past the reminder stone without the stone saying all. All. All means all. That's all all means. I think if we wanted to be honest as Christians, we should change some of the lyrics of the songs we sing. I surrender some. I surrender some. Some to Jesus. A modicum of civility, I surrender some. That might be more truthful. But in your hearts, if you choose to separate yourself from the world and take on the Lord, then we're saying, I'm with you. I'm in. All the way, I'm in. And and the, the, the surrender there is, I do. I surrender all. And so the reminder stone is there as you come and as you go about the business we do with God. And each of you do business with God. Some of you do it on Sundays when you're here. But let that stone be a reminder to us of our personal experience, what God did for us, and then the vows that I've made in return. See, the people of Israel, Joshua said, no, you won't. Don't do this if you're not serious about it. It would be better if you didn't make a vow than to make a vow and break it. And so today, as your pastor, I just want to remind us all, we say things to God, we give things to God, but do we follow up with remembering? Remember. So we need a reminder stone. I've heard of prayer rocks. There's a whole poem, I don't know the poem, but the idea is you, when you wake up, uh, the first thing you do is put the prayer rocks in your pillow so that when you go to bed that night, you hit your head on the pillow, hit your head on a rock, reminds you to stop and pray. And you're supposed to take the rocks out of the pillow and throw them on the floor. So when you get out of bed, you step on them and hurt your foot. And it reminds you, I should pray. I don't know. That'd be a good routine every day. Put them in the pillow. Put them on the floor. Put them in the pillow. Put them on the floor. Whatever it takes to remember. I like reminders. Every couple that I marry, those of you who I've married, you've heard me say this before. When we're doing premarital counseling, I tell you, don't be afraid to send me a reminder. There's been several days when I'm walking through Sam's Club and I get a phone call. Your couple's here. Oh, man. Got to ride back. I'm getting older and I forget. (laughs) I like reminders. Maybe it's because I'm feeble, but I need a reminder stone at church. And I might need a reminder rocks in my pillows and on my floor. It's okay to do things to remind you of the vows you've made. And then finally, it's also a reminder to share my faith. 
We have something that's so precious. I don't know who this guy is at this job that was just living out his faith, but man, how effective. Just, just to be reminded each day there are people that are on a journey, and you might be the one just to kind of walk them through what God is doing. I want that. So Lord, remind me. Remind all of us to be the kind of believers that our hearts are full of such gratitude. The passage in Ephesians I read, it's by grace you've been saved. What a good reminder. And then later he says, for it's by grace you've been saved by faith and it's not of yourself. It's a gift from God. Not of works lest any man can boast. Just a reminder that God is so good. And to remember what God has accomplished. Everyone say accomplished. And Jesus was so good that he gave up his royal throne and he came here. The creator became the creature to die for us. We need to be reminded of what Jesus achieved. Everyone say achieved. And then we all ought to remember what we have accepted. We've accepted this gift of faith. We've accepted this message from above. And it should have changed our lives. And it should remind us to tell others. Amen? Amen. So this weekend, I'm going to encourage you, if you have time, or if you can make it into your schedule, you ought to drive by the National Cemetery in Holly. And remember the sacrifices made by those who served our country. We don't always do that, but sometimes our family has done that in the past. Just to take the time to remember the sacrifice that has been made. And for us as believers, the spiritual emphasis is take time to remember what God has accomplished, what Jesus achieved, and what you have accepted.